0: Live from Greenwood here in the rooftop million dollar studios. The <laughs> rooftop million dollar studios, uh, live in effect. And how you living? Old school status, just the how you living crew. That's right.
1: We-, we don't have a guest today. How you living, Jazz? We're living well, living well. Can't complain. Can't complain. It's uh, February.
0: Golly man, I'm starting to lose count. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the twenty second, but it could be the twenty first.
1: I think it's the twenty first.
0: Okay, so I'm just jumping ahead of myself. So it's February twenty first, two thousand seventeen. Trump reign continues. Uh yeah. It was uh it's only been four days since our last podcast due to our delayed podcast last week. Typical Tuesday fashion this week. That's right, that's right. This is free media, though, folks, so, you know, we get our own schedules. That's how, that's the trade-off. <laughs> that's sh- very true. We don't charge you, and then we record when we can. Uh, but we're here live in effect on a Tuesday, Super Tuesday, and, uh, you know, there's there's been four days. So, in the four days, they pretty much digressed about the same issues <coughs> we talked about last podcast. You know, they've gone over the... Uh, press conference, and they've gone over with Trump talking about the media and, you know, his portrayal of the situation with the Russian leak, if not, or Russian deal mm-hmm. with his uh, – uh, wh- what was that guy? He was a, uh, an advisor of – I want to say oh nat- Flynn, National Intelligence Advisor, I think or yeah, Intelligence Advisor. Anyway, yeah, so Flynn, yeah, he got axed, and uh, and so that whole debacle has been played out over the Sunday media circus because Sundays when all the political shows are on
1: TV. Oh yeah, Fox News Sunday and all that. Fox
0: News Sunday, uh, Meet the Press, uh, CBS has one, uh, Face the Nation, uh, so. Yeah, uh, you know, it's basically the the press has gone over those same things. So, you know, we may take a uh, a different look at the world this week and kind of look at the things we're looking at and how we're living uh, maybe in a more localized sense, because, you know, if we keep talking about Trump, we're going to have the same show every week.
1: so i mean he like in the last four days uh what happened there was that one press secretary or not press secretary um uh, press reporter april something that asked him about uh was he going to talk about slavery when it come to terms of like who helped build america and all that and sean Spicer was like why would you ask about that and I'm just like oh, all oh, typical spicy, typical people of that. Like you try to mention, hey, 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 black people did stuff too, and they're like, yo, wait, slow your roll. It's not like we trying to admit y'all by not talking about y'all. Yeah. But we trying to admit y'all, not trying to talk about y'all.
0: Um, but yeah, it's been, you know, that's yeah, it's uh, Spicer, man. <laughs> what do you, what do you think his lifespan as press secretary is?
1: Mm, he'll be there for the entire, like he, he won't. He has no reason to go away. I mean, they go through a
0: lot. I mean, most presidents lose their first press secretary within a couple years, typically.
1: Oh, okay. And then I'll give him, like, whatever the normal... Yeah.
0: It's mostly just because they're the face of the president, that they're in mm-hmm. front of the media. So there's a lot of sound bites. There's a lot of material for them to... It Just they have to walk away because there's a burden. Because it looks like they're making an opinion. But really what they're trying to do is translate an agenda while not being able to say specifics. To a media that needs specifics in order to make stories. And so the dance has always been kind of an awkward one. No matter who's been in that position.
1: That's true. But Sean Spicer seems like he never does his homework.
0: Yeah. I mean, well... Uh, yeah, he definitely does his homework as far as, like... he He's staying the same character.
1: Yeah, but he doesn't, He never thoroughly explains something. He, he half assedly explains something in a way, like... But I understand well i should say more so i see sean spicer as just like your everyday like blue collar dude who doesn't think about things as hard as we would like him to so that's what we're going to get from him
0: right yeah he's uh yeah i mean we're going to continue to see him while he's got that job so it'll be interesting um and then going forward there was a a north korean nuclear test oh a ballistic missile was fired um, it was
1: a nuclear ballistic missile?
0: No, it's a ballistic missile that if, you know, was affixed with a nuclear weapon would be a nuclear missile. And there's some, most experts believe that with the material and the ability to hide and confiscate uranium and, and, and enrich it, that there's a good chance that North Korea has a few uh, nuclear bombs. They're They're not, you know as destructive as some of ours, but, you know, they'll do the job and it's the missile technology they lack.
1: Oh, okay, okay.
0: And so, <clears throat> there's, there's treaties and sanctions and all kinds of things of different nations that are against them providing, being provocateurs uh, of their missiles program, although China is, you know, a mixed partner in their existence. A lot of experts also believe China could basically shut Korea down by just not conducting any trade with them
1: oh it would basically
0: starve them out but yeah it's uh it's a weird world out there and so that was kind of one of these first international incidents other than the failed uh yemen raid um that's happened so far was this uh north korean missile test and uh that was all conducted when they had that uh when they had that uh what was it like a luncheon at marlago and they were sharing media and oh yeah uh, in front of people um that was the they were supposedly they were discussing information about the the missile test that's what the japanese uh, prime minister and him were learning about at that moment
1: allegedly oh okay anyway
0: but uh you know i guess we we do have one segment and one segment only on that show
1: and those cuckoo cool, cool callbacks,
0: yeah. And I mean, I guess that's becoming more of a lie because we have a couple different segments. But
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it's the one we do it's consistently.
0: It's the one we started with. So, uh, what callbacks? I mean, we had a great guest last week. We had Alexi. Yeah. You know that was that was a fun time. Um, sorry if some of the microphone volumes were low. You know, um, it was. Uh, you know, it was our. Uh, you know, they're they're a quiet person, and we're also trying to. You know. No, no. Accommodate people and not yell at them if they're, <laughs> you know, staying away from the mic and whatnot. Yeah, you know. If, was... if you listen, you can hear what they say. So it's all, <laughs> it's all good. Um, but, uh, yeah, other, I mean, other than that, the callback, it, you know, it was uh, a another discussion about Trump's America. and uh, We
1: talked about love in there a little bit, too.
0: <laughs> yeah, the funny comparisons of Valentine's Day and single life and our, uh, yeah. My my little micro skits that was <laughs> promoting and disapproving of being single.
1: <laughs> right.
0: I mean, if I was an ad agency, I guess that's how I'd have to do it, right? You got to sell to both sides. Oh, no, of course. Yeah, you got to make the money on both ends. Well, uh, yeah, and I think, you know, otherwise I don't really have any cleanup work on any of our earlier episodes at this point. Uh, so moving forward, episode D-Ace, numero 10, man. Yeah, 10. We're Milestone. Here. We're here uh yeah it's a milestone right yeah if, mm-hmm. I had, if i had a clapping effect which i could have loaded earlier i would i would have a, a fake applause but uh yeah the elevator was broken so we had to walk up to the rooftop today know, <laughs> by the stairs so we didn't want to make any of our vip friends do that so they're downstairs in the bar chilling and we're gonna we're gonna just be up here recording um yeah i mean what are you uh looking forward to this week Chaz? how are you living uh in the world today
1: Well, I mean, what am I looking forward to this week? I am going to uh, the Ignite Talks on Thursday, and Ignite is basically a series of five-minute talks where the presenter has 24 slides that automatically go for 20 seconds each, and they stand up there, and they enlighten us within that time, so it's always fun. I always learn something. I'm going with my roommate, some of his friends, and I invited some of my friends along, too, so yeah.
0: And uh, where in the Seattle area is that going down?
1: That's going to be at Seattle Town Hall, kind of on, like, right on the cusp of Pill Hill downtown. Um, doors open at 7. The show starts at 8. Go to Town Hall Seattle um, online to buy tickets if they aren't already sold out. Like, if you're, like, the one person who listens to this the day The day after. it comes out,
0: yeah. And, you know, tonight I think I'll be able to, <coughs> to throw it up right after. So it should come out around, you know, 10.30.
1: Um, but I will give a, mm-hmm. um, a shout out to my buddy Jer. He did an ignite talk like a few Ignites ago, and his talk is called uh, "Draw a Comic Save the World." And he goes about basically how you can express your ideas through artistry and comics, so it can have more exposure to more people.
0: There you go, ignite. I like that, man. There you go. See, that's why that's why you're on the show, my friend, is because you. You stay on top of these uh, community events. I mean, we're doing the local ones right now in Seattle. Uh, oh, yeah. When we get a little more research time, we can we can probably start giving you some dates and times outside of our city, you know, and help you uh, find places if you're downloading this uh, outside of here. You know, this is episode 10, so it's still like a small kind of, you know, podcast. It doesn't have, you know, a large... Uh, back catalog so yeah you know there's and that's only been 10 weeks too so it's like time is evolving the show is evolving and our listenership's going to evolve so those who are hearing this now thank you yeah and
1: uh yeah um i think what else is there there's also that let's talk event that i talked about a few podcasts ago yeah
0: because you said the the which which day was the uh the ignite that's on. That's on Thursday. Thursday, That'd and then the twenty
1: third, I think.
0: And then the Let's Talk is on Sunday.
1: On Sunday, the twenty sixth, from three to five thirty at the Royal Drummer Cafe.
0: And that was like in Ballard. The Ballard. It, it's going to be in Ballard. It hasn't yeah. happened yet. Yeah, in Seattle. Yeah.
1: So I hopefully I'm going to go there on Sunday, and I hope to maybe talk to some of the people there and bring them on the podcast and have them talk about like the state of America and how they're feeling with trump's presidency and what can't we do more for intersectionality and all that and just to have more exposure to that. But yeah, go to that. If you're, if you're looking to learn from different viewpoints and such, and how can we make a change? Cause clearly people think there's some problems out there, so we should address them.
0: Yeah, no, that's cool. So the let's talk and ignite events are two of the events happening in the Seattle area. Uh, look <clears throat> up those, see the type of descriptions and look in your local area and see if there's a community action group trying to get together, in either a town hall or a public space or a library or any place where they are able to get you know at a reasonable cost and getting get a large group of people together um these type of things happen cities across america towns across america
1: heck yeah yeah there's actually ignite talks all across the u.s so just look for your ignite in your town it's in a lot of big metropolitan areas and some small ones as well too and learn something and expose your mind to new things
0: there you go so that's this week and then, uh, you know, ha- based on kind of the normal topics that we we discuss, I- is there any updates? Do you, Do you have a a bill? Have you had a chance to check out what the uh, the Republicans are are doing? Or
1: uh... I've looked up some bills. There's there's nothing there's nothing like particularly overly damning right now.
0: That's a new from what we've seen. Yeah, not yeah. within
1: like four days or so. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: and then all the other ones we've heard of are just slowly making their way through the process at this point. Yeah,
1: most of them that I mentioned, I think even still for today, are just introduced bills. They're doing a lot of um, House resolutions right now, and they're voting on a lot of those. So, if you're afraid any of those House resolutions are going to be, like, damaging to you, I would start checking them out and, you know, just doing the civic duty of calling your constituents, or, no, you are the constituents, calling your representatives and, you know, doing the thing.
0: Yeah. Um, and the, uh, yeah, because a lot of people don't know how the, you know, the kind of in a nutshell, I mean, you might have seen the bill on Capitol Hill thing, but, uh, you know, there's a committee... There's sponsorship, there's uh, a vote, obviously, um, and, and it all has to happen within the process of uh, the Senate and the House, uh, which have different rules and different committees and different processes. And a lot of people think that that's a problem, but there's actually a lot of functionality in that uh, they make it really difficult for things to pass in order to restrict uh, rapid law changing. So it's one of it's actually one of the b- check and balance methods is this slowed down method. Unfortunately, <coughs> you know it's going to be a hindrance uh, once we once we get back uh, somebody in office that has a good agenda. So,
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I don't. I guess if I would play devil's advocate, it evens out. No, it, Trump's agenda is bad for us, but definitely his constituents thinks it's good. And I think that's the like that's what people, in, in until we stop seeing everything through just our own worldview, and because our own pocket of America isn't all of America, so it, it's. But I think because I just finished reading this book that talks about the eleven different uh, cultural regions of America, after reading that and reading the history of. Uh, how different parts of America got formed and the culture that grew there. Trump getting elected is, like, not only am I not surprised anymore, I'm like, yeah, no, this happens, like, every 80 years or so, don't it? <laughs> so. Right. And, I mean,
0: pretty much everything is cyclical, man, in the end. You know, things do happen in cycles. Um, it's like, but the, the, the damage that's done during the downward trend is always For sure. what's in question. And, uh you know, he's like I've said in other podcasts, I mean, just it's not really playing devil's advocate, but it's just, you know, he is going to do th- some things that are good, you know, but that's just because some presidents stumble across. I mean, not any president is there mm-hmm. gonna blatantly uh rip power apart in front of us. You know, they're going to slowly deteriorate the institutions that conduct the power until they, you know, bring it down, I guess. I guess if you believe in, in the truth of small government in, like, a libertarian view, that's that's kind of the goal.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty much getting to the point where I'm, like, I'm not a total small government person. I'm, like, a medium government person.
0: Medium government, dude. I'm
1: a medium government person. I always called
0: myself a moderate. I want to now be in the medium
1: government party. <laughs> medium government party. Yeah.
0: Just, like, medium. You know what I mean? Like, the way I like my
1: burger, you know? Medium. Right. I just... <laughs> I would just think it would be cool if uh the government could handle status quo stuff, right?
0: I want yeah, I want I want it like my hot wings, you know, medium.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. Like like just a little bit of kick. Yeah. But but well, yeah. but not enough to make you go, Oh my I'm god! My, I don't want to sneeze in front of the girl. You know? <laughs> I just wanna be like,
0: Yeah, that's tasty.
1: Uh
0: yeah. Medium. The medium party. dot org backslash
1: Yeah, let me actually bring up some stuff from this book that I've read. Because it's it's an interesting book.
0: Okay, while you do that, I will... uh, So, uh, I started with a trap-infused, apparently according to the YouTube description, (laughs) remix of uh, the Mario theme. And kind of playing off of the uh, talk I had at the last podcast. So, it's a callback. And uh, the fact that... uh, Uh, We had a little yachty last time, so I played the, you know, an an homage of video games with the release of the Nintendo Mini, finally delivered in people's hands, and people have been, like, posting and Instagramming that, and some leaked stuff from the Nintendo uh, Switch.
1: Oh snap.
0: Yeah, somebody got, like, an illegal one, I guess, uh, which has already (coughs) been returned to Nintendo
1: oh yeah. weird okay. yeah
0: you know it's one of those they because they post the blog to get famous and then nintendo sees it and they they know the number of prototypes they have out right now mm. and it was in i guess it was in a distributor warehouse because it's getting released really soon so it was one of a, a distributor so like individual and distributor employees took it but uh anyway so that's the nintendo watch segment Nintendo Watch. Uh but yeah because I played the theme that was the uh So what was your favorite uh Nintendo title?
1: Oh gosh. Um uh...
0: And I mean let's start with the core system and then we we can go we can go up from there if we want like
1: Like does it have to be made by Nintendo or just on a Nintendo system? The
0: system. Yeah. So let's start with the NES, the original 8-bit.
1: Yeah. What did you um, let me see. For 8-bit. Ooh, that's a that's a good one. Let me see. So, I
0: mean, you can always start throwing out titles. So you have all the classic arcades that got, got modded to it. So you have the Donkey Kongs and I the Pac-Mans it, and the, you know.
1: I mean, I mean, Pac-Man, I don't think Pac-Man was ever released on the original Nintendo or the Nintendo Entertainment System.
0: Oh, it was. Yeah, I played it for hours. It or, had Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man. Oh, weird. Yeah. <laughs> and then later they had one called, like, Pac Man Jr. that was a little different. But, um, yeah, Bomberman, the original Bomberman. Yeah. I mean, I. Final Fantasy up through three? He's yeah, only...
1: but two and three were never released in the U.S.
0: Um, three got released as a Nintendo game, original Nintendo game. No. Yeah. Final Fantasy three. People had it people had it I it wasn't
1: official release then. it was a rom hack put in cartridge form then
0: no i mean it was seal it was nintendo seal was sold in like uh what was it at the time toys rs was like where. what we, where okay this
1: is, we might have to fact check this because for for ages my my hardcore gamer ass knows that it wasn't until nintendo ds when they remade final fantasy 3 that it was released in the u.s final fantasy like the original uh well no Final Fantasy two was like Final Fantasy four in Japan and Final Fantasy three was Final Fantasy six in Japan and those were both Super NES games.
0: Okay, hold on, because I mean I know what you're saying. You're saying that it was a Famicom game, so just... there
1: there are Final Fantasies one, two and three for Famicom, but only one was released in the U.S. To my knowledge, I could be wrong though. Someone's out there like no you're wrong Chaz. You need to hand in your gamer card. I'm like, no. And then they're going to shut me with the Gamergate. Wait.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's only listing it as a family computer. I wonder if my friend had a Famicom. <laughs> he might have. He very much, he might have. Because I played it. Okay. Well, then there you go. Let's take that off my list. See, <laughs> so what's on your list today?
1: I mean, I see, I'm trying to think of things that aren't cliche because I really like the, the original Legend of Zelda. I really like oh, there you go.
0: No, that's solid. <laughs> For the NES cuz then we can move on to Oh st- fuck.
1: You. Oh, well, see, this is why I needed to think. Mega Man. Uh Mega Man is like my everything. 1 through like 4. Yeah, 3 is my favorite, which always comes in contention with my friends who love 2. Right. And I think 2 is cool, but basically in 2 the Metal Blades just make it easy. Okay.
0: 3 uh you have Rocket with you, right?
1: Yeah, you have Rush. yeah, Rush. Okay
0: the the jet kind of android looking dog,
1: yeah. And then four, five, and six got the Mega Buster, which basically made it so you didn't really have to think about using the weapons if you just got skilled enough, which was an interesting dynamic for Mega Man.
0: And then of course, oh, I guess the cliche of cliche would be Mario Brothers, which, I mean, you have to almost just remove it from the category, you know.
1: I'm like I like the it, original Mario Bros, but I'm not like in love with it. Oh my gosh, man! What about, I, I don't want to have its babies.
0: What about a S- Excite Bike? That was interesting. Uh, or the second, the second uh, Zelda
1: Link. That was really tricky. You know what? That is one of my friend's uh, favorite Zelda games, and. I think I'm in the camp where, based on what I was used to, the original Zelda, the departure was a little jarring, but it's an interesting game to say the least. Right. Oh, uh, but I do have another NES game. Now, now I just I got to have to dig through things and go through it, but uh, River City Ransom
0: yeah oh for sure yeah
1: that was my shit
0: when you get to eat sushi and beat kids up walking as a side scroll game
1: right and it just kept going and going (laughs) that was
0: a solid one uh okay so i pulled up a list just to go through before we move on uh simon's quest oh
1: yeah yeah. the second one castlevania 2 the busted ass one
0: yeah (laughs) the weird mario 2 oh
1: yeah the one that was i think like
0: a a conversion
1: yeah it was like it was like i don't want to say it was doki doki panic but it might have been doki doki panic
0: yeah it was something in japan that they morphed the mario characters and some parts of the storyline into
1: and, it's it's very interesting that they did that, but now be, those abilities that they um, got plastered onto as characters have now become tropes of theirs,
0: right? Oh, a hundred percent.
1: Yeah, and that is that is weird,
0: right? It's it's kind of cool in a way. Yeah, it kind of. It's like Dollyism in a way. It's like Salvador Dali painted that. Mm -hmm. the nintendo world because you've got these weird like gyrating cactuses and like and uh and and yeah they played and they play really well in the like mario kart and all those things yeah which gets later so i guess Mm -hmm. we should elevate back into now super nintendo oh snap i mean i liked i think there was one called um it was either fatal fury or final fight
1: final fight fatal fury is a fighting game Right. And, Final, and Final Fight is a beat-em-up.
0: Where you're walking, side-scroll, getting on the subway, eating the whole turkey and stuff like that.
1: You want to know something cool? Those explanations that I just gave for those games, they're reversed in South Africa.
0: Oh, really? Those two, those two games in particular?
1: No, 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 no. Genre-wise. So in South Africa, if you say we're going to play a beat-em-up, you basically mean like Street Fighter. And if you're going to play a fighting game, you basically mean a side-scrolling brawler okay i learned that from someone who's from south africa that i went to video game school with so i was like okay yeah yeah
0: 1989 final fight scroller and that was yeah one of those one of those ones where you're eating the whole uh the whole turkey beating (laughs) beating up the um beating up the barrel and the things to get the items getting the yeah uh so that was snes uh then you've got
1: oh you can't just skip over snes and say those two games come on okay snes is like gets dubbed one of the greatest video game systems of all time (laughs) you're gonna say one like final fight people are gonna be like what about chrono trigger what about earthbound what about the arcade ports of street fighter like
0: donkey kong country
1: right oh donkey kong country (laughs) was legit super
0: mario world yeah uh
1: the the next version of zelda
0: Past Link, the Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past.
1: Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past is that fucking jam, y'all. That that is one of my favorite Legend of Zeldas. But I would have to say, if you guys haven't watched it already, if you don't know who Ego Raptor is, one of my favorite games on Super NES is Mega Man X, and he basically goes in and does a a dissertation of all of the design values that it presents and how it basically just mastered the art of what a Mega Man game is, and it, it, it's it's pretty funny, too. Or, as he might say in it, fucking genius.
0: Uh, NBA Jam. Oh, fuck. Yeah. And, oh, shit. And Mortal Kombat, of course. Yes.
1: Yeah. See, yeah. Super Nintendo is where it's at. Yeah. Super and, Nintendo is why I love video games. And they do have,
0: yeah, Mega Man X. So, is that one... Oh, and then, of course, Street Fighter 2. Mm-hmm. Street Fighter 2. That's pretty solid. Okay. Uh, then you go to 64, right? So.
1: 64 was interesting because, like, all my 64 answers are going to be cliche as fuck. But.
0: Oh, yeah. 007. a yep. right? 100%. Yeah. And Mario Kart 64. 100%. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. And Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. But everyone say it with me. Uh. Fuck the Water Temple. What's Y'all the... get that out? Okay, good.
0: Uh, Super Smash Brothers? Yeah.
1: Oh, yo, that... Ooh, I remember going to the store with one of my friends, and we rented that game and played the shit out of it. Oh, my God. The the Wave Race game? Wave Race? That was, like, the first one. Did, was Hydro Thunder... Was that ported on to uh, N64? It doesn't Is have... Is that early enough? It,
0: it might have been, yeah. Oh, that's... Because that's now... That's now like the sit down version that you see, right? In the arcades, yeah. I don't remember. Tiddy Kong Racing, which was just kind of a converted Mario Kart with some
1: Mm hmm. Mario Kart eight basically added sort of quasi elements from that game in a sense. Star Fox. Star Fox sixty four, that's right. Because you know what? Star Fox did release on Super NES, but I never got into it on any uh S N E S.
0: Okay, now we're gonna get to the system I never had, which was uh, what was the the Nintendo Cube?
1: Oh, they had a GameCube.
0: Yeah, I didn't ever have the GameCube. What's your did you what's your go to in that system? Did that did that have any evolution of a of of a game series?
1: I mean, it had an evolution of a lot of the Nintendo games. I'm not the greatest fan of uh, Super Mario Sunshine uh wind waker is really cool though i really do like wind waker there is oh gosh
0: thanks to the internet so we have super smash brothers melee Mm-hmm. it's probably just an extended version of that they extended the legend of zelda uh to looks like wind walker wind... yeah wind waker wind waker that's what i thought it said i was like waker uh and then an additional mario kart so yeah the gamecube but then that's when they turned the tide, right? So then they went to Wii, and it's like
1: Mario Kart, uh... Double Dash, oh no, oh, Mario Kart Double Dash on uh, GameCube was good. I really like that. Um, and there's one other game that I played for GameCube that I really liked, that its name is escaping me. It's like, it's like Gotcha Bot or something like that, or, oh god. Yeah, uh, you know what, I'll have to call that back next week or something. I'll remember it later. But it was a really fun game. I saw that game stopped for really cheap and it was just a, a whimsical purchase that me and my friends ended up really, really liking.
0: And yeah, I don't have uh you know, i i, I never had the Wii U. I'm not I'm not a big D S guy. You're the D S man.
1: <laughs> like for so I guess if we like I'm, I'm remembering some things now. From N sixty four I really liked playing the mini games of um oh god what's the damn thing damn, damn thing called. Pokemon Stadium and Pokemon Stadium 2. Um and then going on to the GameCube they had some Fire Emblem stuff on there that I really liked. They had a port of uh Arc um Skies of Arcadia on there um they had some they had the soul Calibur series on there that was cool and you could play as link in one of them i think it was soul Calibur 2 II or 3 that did that and then on the wii honestly like all the wii's party games were the things that i played most of so wii sports me and my friends we would play that all the time um what else did we play we played warioware that was super fun
0: oh warrior aware
1: yeah <laughs> and i just i got a message or something you can you can turn down my computer and get in facebook messages during podcasts well hi i have friends on the facebook's now you know
0: yeah it was like a signal i can i can follow it up with the law and order sound
1: there you <laughs> go so we'll do that <laughs> um
0: but yeah and then uh, uh this is called the nintendo switch click so that seems appropriate
1: what was that <laughs> i
0: don't know there you go it's, there you go it said nintendo so um yeah this one's called gamecube oh lordy oh yeah that's what what did that do that's when it started yeah that's funny where are you getting these from yo i got i uh you know i've got a little soundboard now and it had those on it that just seemed like uh some real talk, like coincidence stuff, and then you know I had trap music, so I have this.
1: How about <laughs> <laughs> you? It is.
0: Uh, okay, um, but yeah, how you living, man? Uh, what what serious topics you got on the agenda on your mind?
1: Oh, I was gonna circle back to that book that I read. Um, let me see. I gotta go to my Chrome, Chrome, Chrome,
0: and here we go. <laughs> wait that was supposed to be a celebration here 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 we'll, we'll and we'll just now finish.
1: the melancholy tale tales of. no <laughs>
0: yeah exactly uh i mean i should have i should have go- i should have gone on the gamecube one because that's like your thing let's uh there you go um all right there you go Circle him back all
1: right so <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> Right, it. no worries and so i just finished this book um and it's called american nations a history of the 11 rival regional cultures in north america and it's written by a guy named colin woodward uh, woodard and he basically goes through the history of when uh, english settlers started first coming to the americas and how basically north america um was founded by all these different people coming over and the cultures that they established here and how those cultures grew into what they are now got you so like the big ones like so there's Yankee Dumb, and so basically the way he explains it in some of the interviews i've seen him in is that a lot of times when you think of america you think of it as like the atlantic northwest sorry i mean the the atlantic northeast the South, the, the Midwest,
0: Pacific Northwest, West Coast.
1: Yeah, I would like. I wouldn't even say people like Pacific Northwest is kind of new now. Yeah, I when I was a kid, I referred to all that as the West Coast, and <laughs>
0: that's a long cricket sound. Good Lord, <laughs> yeah, like a lot of crickets. But
1: um, so he he divides them into. Uh, 11 different ones, but the ones that have been primarily in America are Yankee Dumb, the Midlands, New Netherland, Tidelands, Greater Appalachia, Deep South, a small pocket in the South known as New France, El Norte, the Far West, and the Left Coast. Left Coast. So the Left Coast is where we're at right now. The Left Coast. So let me see. Let me find the West Coast and read what it says about it. I can read some of the other ones, too. Um, But the left coast, it says, colonized by New Englanders and Appalachian Midwesterners. The left coast is a hybrid of Yankee utopianism and Appalachian self-expression and exploration. Woodard says, adding that it is the staunchest ally to Yankeedom, Coastal California, Oregon, and Washington are in the left coast. That's right.
0: I'm even wearing a shirt that says Pacific Northwest, which is part of the West Coast.
1: That shouldn't, that should yes, that's true. But I should tell people that when we say the Pacific Northwest, we do mean only the coasts of those, of those nations. Yeah. Because, uh, so, if, mm, after seeing, what is it, Adam Ruins, everything about the Electoral College, and how a lot of people are like, states are purple. and Most one, states are, yes. Yeah.
0: Especially the left coast. Because Oregon's got its eastern, uh, California's got its northern, and Washington's got its eastern. Right. And then then Idaho's got Boise. So Idaho is red and then Boise is blue.
1: Yeah. So this would, that is explained because that whole area is known as the far west. And then they are the conservative West, the developed through large investment in industry, yet where inhabitants continue to resent the Eastern interests that initially controlled that investment. Among the Far West states are Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, Utah, Washington, Oregon, North Dakota, South Dakota, Colorado, Nevada, Utah, Nebraska, Kansas, Arizona, New Mexico, and California.
0: Boom. Doxed. That's <laughs> <laughs> on chaz's
1: doxed watch but no uh, states have been called out right no but the far west was definitely like oh wait
0: we're there oh we're in that state sorry anyway continue.
1: no no we're in the left coast right like but, we m- might be m- in the state oh
0: because but... it's part it's our eastern side it's when we go check out like,
1: yeah eastern washington is the far west wenatchee to spokane but western washington yeah but western washington is the left coast
0: ice cube was right west side's the best side <laughs> okay let's see uh before you continue i'll pause you since we have this uh i'm gonna play a sound and i want you to see if you can identify the game that it comes from oh goodness because you're like so good on these games okay and i'm finding a couple that are game related okay so let's try it
1: oh that's from metal gear solid holy cow it says metal
0: gear sound alert okay okay um let's see so then that i mean that just lets me know that you'll know this one Oh, that's the same one. Okay. It's just double. It's just louder.
1: Alert. Alert.
0: Right. Uh, there was a couple here. I wonder if this one's. Oh, that's. Now I should play the crickets one. Yeah, here, no here, worries. Here go. I'll go into. Here so enough. here you go
1: fatality mortal kombat really okay. <laughs> like people funny. who aren't even gamers will know that one i know that's what's kind of fun i guess that's why they're on this board <laughs> yeah. oh yeah so then i guess so there's this one him. this
0: is also also from that i mean this is funny because we were talking about you know games okay right continue
1: the, the the one that you always have to remember from that is toasty
0: Oh, there you go. Yeah, when that ser- it was like a certain thing would have to happen.
1: I forget what it is, though, yeah, that has to happen. a ser-
0: series of things. Here, I'll, I'll figure that out while you read that.
1: No worries. So, so definitely that's where I moved to, but where I am from is technically would be considered by this map the midlands and it says settled by english quakers the midlands are a, a welcoming middle-class society that spawn a culture of uh, the american heartland political opinion is moderate and uh, government regulation is frowned upon what are called calls the ethn- ethnically diverse Midlands, America's Great Swing Region. Within the Midlands are parts of New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, Missouri, Iowa, Kansas, and Nebraska. Check.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, so let's see. Toasty's an Easter egg that featured in the Mortal Kombat two. It originated as an inside joke between members of the Mortal Kombat development team and made its way into the game via an image and sound of the designer Forden Mm -hmm. appearing in the lower left corner of the screen and saying Toasty. And on the portal stage, if players press down and start while Dan's face was still on the screen, then they could qualify to face smoke. The Toasty joke became an element and reappeared in many places. So it just looks like it was just everywhere. So it was kind of randomly throughout there you go. Mm. Toasty. Toast to toasty, man. Uh continue, man. Do you have do you have more or is that I mean, I
1: can read them all off, but I don't I don't think I need to read them all off. I think if you guys just go in and uh read the book. Uh, I listened to it via audiobook and it was it got a lot of information about how the different colonies came about and how that culture still permeates there now today. And at the end, they basically explained, um, our, like, red and blue divide as cultural coalitions. And so, so yeah, basically, I think, like, I guess this kind of ties into, like, how we should fight. Like, we know, like, since we live in, uh, the left coast, that Yankee Yankee dumb, New Netherland, and the Midlands, to a certain degree, the Midlands, were the swing region this region and they went for trump okay right but Mm -hmm. uh, when i look at it there i realize i understand why they did that because the midlands where i'm from like in order for me to make extra money when i was a kid i used to cut grass and such and i used to do flea market so my family was very much a like middle class family that did everything the one thing though is that i went to a school that was all about academics and stuff early on, and that is more of a, uh, culture of Yankeedom, and Yankeedom is more, like, the northern regions, so, like, northern Michigan, northern I- um, Idaho, um, Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, Connecticut, those areas, like, that's Yankeedom, and, and that's where all, like, the, what's it called, Ivy League schools are, so, they definitely say they're about intellectual achievement, communal empowerment, citizen participation, and education. So I definitely, even though I grew up like I was a, what was it called, a Midlander, or as a family life, I went to school with the Yankees. So it only makes sense that I moved to the left coast, because it's like...
0: Stays within your bubble of people that you can get along with. Exactly. With a, yeah?
1: Yeah i mean that um
0: that's legit that is legit
1: but i think if anybody is really like still questioning like how the fuck does that cheeto get elected i would say read the book and definitely pay attention to the cultural device created by greater appalachia um where definitely kentucky tennessee west virginia arkansas and all them are at I'm um, definitely look at the Deep South because the Deep South is the Deep South. It's it's where racism is still prevalent, people. Wrong. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's what y'all would like to think. You would just like to think because you're not explicit about it that y'all ain't racist. <laughs> they're
0: getting they're getting rowdy down there. Oh my god! Wrong!
1: Wrong! wrong. <laughs> And then, of course, as we mentioned before, the Far West, and that's definitely, like, what deli- like what people of the Far West um, say, but I think we should actually get someone on this show that is from the Far West, because I've talked to some on uh, the Facebooks, and then I was all like, I don't want to go there, because I might get shot, and, and I think I mentioned earlier, they're like, we're people, not cartoon villains, and I'm just like, yeah.
0: Yeah, no. I I mean I to, I, I know a lot of them. I grew up in an area that's in western Washington, but it's further west and it's kind of an area that kind of typically runs conservative Republican cuz yeah. it's rural and based in agriculture and it's got a lot of lost jobs and there's low job growth and all that type of stuff. So, um yeah, no. I I'm, I'm I'm I know what you mean. We can we can probably find somebody.
1: Yeah, so I mean, that's one of the biggest questions that I have because um after hearing because i heard the trump supporters and after i got over being really really fucking pissed off that cheeto was our president i was like okay let me not treat people as a monolith let me actually like look into who they are as people and why they would vote this way and once i looked into it i'm like Oh, yeah, y'all guys make sense. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that was a weird feeling. But one thing I noticed that they're really big on our job. So having seen people out there and seeing people struggling, since we, the left coast, and definitely, like, yankee and all that, and I'm probably going to stop referring to them as that after this podcast. But yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of it. Right? Um, but I wonder what we can do for those regions, especially, like, the far west that... I know Montana has its oil and everything, but I wonder if there's anything. It's
0: the far west, you know, tumble.
1: (laughs) 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 But yeah, I wonder like what job, like what we can do, like what industries can they utilize? uh, What informational technologies can we go out there and give them uh, in order to start having them have like a robust economy? again so they can feel like their ability to have the american dream which is different than my american dream but whatever how they can have what they feel their american dream should be because they've had it in the past i guess
0: that sounds about right man that does i mean uh any other topics outside of that that you've got looking forward to help uh pass along to the listeners on how they live and what any takes on what's going on currently in the news
1: um i mean you guys uh, should uh, let me see so if you haven't seen vox did a really good video on analyzing how Kellyanne conway answers questions
0: Okay, to kind of show how she skirts the the truth to yeah, to make whatever statement she wants.
1: If you want to um uh, figure out some things about video games or something, I can find it and I can play a clip from it, um a cut to tell you just just how they put it together. It's it, it's you know, you'll you'll kind of go like, "Duh," while you're seeing it or if you're on the conservative side of things, you were probably wondering why we're coming down on her and I'll explain why I come down on her after I play the clip.
0: Yeah, oh. Uh, Well, I have it um, loaded. I'm just waiting for it to...
1: Okay. Damn. He on it, y'all. He on it. (laughs) Uh, He on it like the first town in Earthbound.
0: So, we just got to do this. And we will see if it's got an ad. It does not look like
1: it does. Nope.
0: That does an ad. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, the, uh, Kellyanne Conway issue is just that I mean she's already kind of been hidden for this entire week you know it seems like she's been kind of or this entire kind of month really ever since um
1: I mean she goes on news stuff though like that that's her stick.
0: has she been this like recently because they've kind of put her away she was kind of uh in flames a little bit over the whole
1: yeah I don't think she's been on in like two weeks or so or maybe like a week Yeah, but anytime something happens, she she's there to be his political commentator. So she's always gonna go in on there and try to save face as best she can. Yeah, and 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 you guys really like I hope people understand that as much as we love to make fun of alternative facts, like that was classic Conway because she was just trying to.
2: She's Trump's campaign manager turned senior White House advisor. And a big part of her job for the past eight months has been defending Trump in TV interviews. There is no den she will not go into. That may sound like the hardest job in the world, but Conway is ridiculously good at dodging tough questions. And it drives her interviewers crazy. crazy. You're trying to distract from my question. You're answering the question I'm not asking. The question is... The question is... So, how does she do it? What makes Kellyanne Conway such a nightmare to interview? Last December, ABC's George Stephanopoulos asked Conway a very simple question. Why does Trump falsely claim that voter fraud cost him the popular vote? That claim is groundless. Isn't it irresponsible for a president-elect to make false statements like that? Watch how Conway answers. I think it's groundless for to talk about fake news. The fake news is that somehow the popular vote is more important than the Electoral College vote now. You catch that? Instead of answering, Conway goes in a totally different direction. Stephanopoulos tries again. No one is questioning the victory. I said, is it appropriate? Is it responsible?
1: Well, yeah, that's basically the gist of, like, how they go through and, uh, say like that was like one of her techniques where she'll latch onto a word say the word like she heard you and then flip the script to something else and i've actually met people who do that in conversation and it's weird
0: yeah it is it seems pretty fake that's interesting uh yeah i don't know kellyanne conway i mean she's also gonna be you know how long is she gonna be in the role that she's in you know for as
1: long as trump's president
0: you think so you think she gets like part of the credit or what, why do you, why are you so solid in that opinion?
1: Because she's part of the obfuscation machine.
0: Okay. She's, well, well, she's part of how he got elected is what you're saying. So it is kind of payback that she's still going to stay on the team.
1: Well, no, no. The, the The obfuscation machine is that she deliberately hides things in plain sight So we won't think about what's deeply going on there. Like, that's why she deflects so hard. Because if she answered honestly, she knows she would get in trouble. So she has to try to take the question, deflect it, and say, like, what you're saying is a problem isn't really a problem. Stop making it a problem. Come on, guys. What the fuck?
0: Right. Yeah. No, I know. So, I mean, which is, like, on board with his message. But I think it's kind of a similar position that it can get messy for her if her positions seem like they're coming uh, directly from her
1: oh yeah no and Conway never she she is a soundboard for the trump presidency and she's just supposed to reiterate what they think so
0: right okay well um yeah and and well she's a voice box for for yeah for the distraction um and i mean she's a a news filler when she was out in the front i mean she's probably doing some news i mean i could i could look that up but i mean it's a podcast so it's it's perennial so it doesn't really matter it'll <laughs> it'll be different when certain people hear this but um yeah it's uh it's a changing world and it's an interesting administration i mean it's got uh i mean this week i mean by this time you know thursday we'll have you know, four new things that have happened that we'll have to discuss.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: So, everything's happening so quickly. I mean, I don't even know where we're at. We're at, like, day 35 or something of his presidency, right? Or, like, thir- mm. 31.
1: Mm. Well, yeah, it would have to be 31 because... Or 32.
0: Well, it depends on, yeah, the length of January. But, yeah, that's all I'm saying. Is I like, mean, it's been... So we it have was the
1: 20th to the 20th, so... And...
0: 70, 70 more for yeah. his... So... Yeah, 70 more for his 100 days. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a long 100 days, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. I was also thinking, uh, because uh, I remember at the beginning, he's all about American trade deals. And uh, he repealed the, T- the TPP. And I know there was a lot of people out there saying that the TTP was a horrible idea, especially when it came to American manufacturing. And... Uh, My thoughts on that is I really think that, like, I get that there's a lot of guys who want to go back to, like, that American manufacturing thing. But I really question it as, like, a full and hard value that we should go back to. Right. Because there are just so many places around the world that do it better and more efficiently. And if you're all about that capitalist life, that's what you're going to try to do anyway. So I think getting more people on board with the fact that we export IP. And ways of thinking more so than actual physical products now. While, like, I know a lot of people are used to that. I'm, I think it's just one of those things that are changing how the world works. Yeah. But <laughs> I think our the real thing that made the repeal of the TTP a little bit wary for me is uh, I think the TTP was more of a uh, political gambit than it was a trading gambit. Okay. Because uh, I started reading about some things like there's a lot of oil in the South China Sea. And China is trying to say that they have uh, ancient rights to it since they were the first ones to start exploring it back in like 1027 or something.
0: Right. So they're, they're denying like the 30 mile rule or whatever that most international... Uh, bodies govern where it's like if it goes past 30 miles it's international waters they're trying to include some of that
1: it's 200 miles yeah and then and the answer is no they aren't but so you know how they talk about every so often that they're building islands in the south china sea they're building islands and they're making them militarized because they're trying to stake their claim on those part of the ocean that are in the international zone Oh, okay. Right. So the TTP would have, I, not only would have allowed for like trade with all those uh other countries that are, are within that area too, but also would have gave us a stronger foothold in having access to that oil in that area, and also making it harder for China to create a mo- monopoly there. And well, so I hope that Trump, I hope someone tells him that just like yeah i know we repealed the ttp i know your constituents like it but as it dealing with our not sovereignty but just our us being a superpower and power player on the world spectrum you need something like that in place soon or china might run over the south south china sea and that might mean higher gas prices for us once we if we don't keep importing oil from other places
0: Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, yeah, the oil game is what really kind of makes everything such high stakes everywhere.
1: I mean, ideally, I would say, like, let's get on that renewables tip so we don't need that anymore. But I'm trying to tell a company, you won't get that to happen until y'all make an electric fucking truck. Make an electric fucking truck, people. I don't care what car company hears this. Eh, Toyota, turn your um, Toyota Tundra into an electric truck. I don't know like whoever turn your f-150 into an electric truck i hope you guys are researching it out there because you're not going to get the the people in the far west hybrid at this point yeah at
0: least a combo hybrid you know because they definitely have that at this point you know like they're the buses are running hybrid so they definitely Mm -hmm. must have work trucks city trucks probably some of the garbage trucks I, yeah, I do know. I know they run on a propane electric thing. I think. I think it's propane generator. Okay. I mean. Yeah.
1: I I, I don't I don't want to say like it, it's easy to think that it, they just gotta have it, but I I think we need a product that appeals to that market sector that will want to because and and the thing like hybrid gas and electric is good for right now but hybrid gas and electric still uses gas as their primary source
0: yeah it's not a perfect solution
1: so definitely we and i can definitely see there being a cultural stigma against electric trucks like they're gonna be like because even just looking at the word diesel back home in philadelphia we used the word diesel to mean strong and i can see people having that like conception in their head that diesel equals strong so electric equals weak So trying to beat back that stigma is going to be hard for electric trucks. But if you want us to move towards a renewable, less gas, less um, coal, less uh, gas, oil sort of economy and culture, you're going to have to make an electric fucking truck.
0: Yeah, I guess you're right. It's going to have because it'll it'll have to be able to carry the load and it'll actually have to fit the, the dimensions of a city that's thinking more in the lines of more people. So trucks may not be as wide as they are now. The the birth of roads may not be as wide as they are currently. You know, because our
1: trucks do <clears throat> the trucks that we have now do just fine. They I don't think they need to change that.
0: Well, just in general for the fact of building new infrastructure, eventually they're going to want to kind of shrink the 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 footprint of infrastructure so that they can lay roads in places uh, that are more difficult right now by the the fact that they have to leave. Sidewalk room and all these other things. So in, in a smart city planning, you would have uh, uh, le- less less wide roads with cars that would fit that kind of size. And then you'd have people elsewhere. You wouldn't have people married with the, the street traffic. You'd have them elsewhere that way. You wouldn't have so many pedestrian car related
1: oh yeah i could see that in new cities and new cities like
0: infrastructure wise like trucks specifically would have very specific arteries that they would use um but as as far as large traffic trucks and things
1: in this instance that that basically when you explain it like that that's a big fuck you to like the country because like when i mean an electric truck right now i mean someone in the country can buy an electric truck and say this is just as good as my f-150
0: Right, and I mean, but I'm saying, like, some of that, like, because they're always going to have to strip weight, and one of the ways to strip weight is to strip size, and so to, to get to the product that you're describing, um, you're going to see a different thing than, than than normal, it's not going to look like the F-150, the F-150 looks like that because it has the combustion engine in the front, and everything else is kind of following the contours of that,
1: <laughs> but that's just aesthetic though, you can have an electric <clears throat> car and keep the aesthetic,
0: <clears throat> I Yeah, but why, I mean, why would you, it it could be wasted energy. you that, I mean, if you're making a renewable, you really have to answer the question at a a much higher mind than that. You can't, we can't. No, no,
1: I think you do. I think psychologically for the people that you're dealing with, it has to look familiar.
0: So to some way you're, I mean, that you you would almost call that like the transfer generation then, because the next generation could be taught just through schooling that, (laughs) you know, there's wasted energy and aesthetics. And they could bring it's because it's not negative aesthetics. I'm saying there's not di- wasted
1: energy in aesthetics. Like when no, you literally- there could
0: be if you if you made an electric car the exact dimensions of an F one fifty. I'm saying you're wasting some of your weight component to aesthetics by making it that shape and that size. There are if you really looked at it from the electric component standpoint, it would not look like that. When you make the truck, it'll probably be thinner in its berth just based on cutting that because to make the electric motor as efficient as you're describing it so it reacts like an f-150 the weight component it becomes one of the biggest factors because one of the largest weight components is going to be battery sources or whatever renewable alternator source you have um but yeah it's uh it's a strange technology man it's definitely very new uh electric car it's interesting to have a guy like elon musk Mm -hmm. at least in the car end of it, putting his his nameplate on it. I wonder if he, I mean, if his cars become generally successful, I bet he would come out with a truck model Tesla.
1: They they are generally successful here and abroad and like Denmark and Norway and places like that. They
0: they they're sustainable, I guess. At this point, as one of his ventures, they're not really. It's not like making GM Ford money as far as profits.
1: Well, of course not. It's well, not a you. It's it's not. It's still in. The, it's yeah it's It's still in stage one of like the four stages of innovation
0: this next this next uh model he's putting out is supposed to be more affordable so it should open the class of person that actually drives a tesla which in the end that's going to make or break the company
1: yeah it's it's like right now teslas in america are for the upper the middle upper class more than anything but the new one the model s i think is supposed to be for the middle class
0: Jazz, we did it. We managed to make it through an hour of How You Live In. No sans guest. Back to the old ways. Nah, nah, no, that's good. I like, I like that we made it through the uh, the entire hour. We had fun. We went through some Nintendo games. Uh, we really had kind of a, a minimal talk about Trump as far as our conversations are concerned. That was cool. We had a wider discussion about Republicanism. hmm Yeah, so
1: because i think we do need to have more talks about republicanism because i think it's when i observe what i'm seeing on facebook and just through life now like i think we don't realize how much we communicate via the culture and values of our bubble and and we expect it because it's been our bubble for so long that everyone thinks like us when they don't so yeah that can be a tough pill to swallow it
0: yeah it can be well man as always, do you have a do you have an inspirational uh, message for anybody? You do. You always do like to leave it on a positive
1: note. Oh yeah, I mean, um, I just started listening to uh, Ezra Klein's podcast on Vox, and you know, I'm just gonna say Vox in general. I know Vox is li- very liberal leaning, right? But they're the liberal leaning type of thing that likes to go in depth about things. So they definitely talked about why people in places like Kentucky. And so, voted for Trump, even though they have some of the highest enrollments in Obamacare. So, definitely seeing like I, I definitely want to say the
0: the uninformed voter quotient, as that's concerned, because it's the 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 voter who's not voting for their own. Uh, like, uh, what is it? Everything is. A form of incentive they're not voting for their own incentives at that point because they're utilizing obamacare but they're voting against it essentially with trump
1: you know what common thread i keep hearing from them and it was reiterated with them it was it was like trump is gonna be for us but he ain't gonna do that crazy shit he mentioned right <laughs> like that 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 is basically it was I yeah that was the it, sentiment but naivete won the presidency more than anything
0: and, oh, by somehow he'll do less worse than than she would. So there is that other qualification.
1: Yeah, because people, like, see see that criticism right there. I, I share that criticism, but when you view it from a person who sees the world as Hillary being a warmonger, elite, uh, leftist person that just works towards taking money away from us.
0: That's an easy position to have. E-
1: exactly. Yeah. Right? So... So I know I don't ask now, why are people so dumb enough to vote for Trump? I'm like, no, Oh, I didn't say that. Oh, no,
0: no, no. I said that they uh, I know you didn't say it. It just that's what people
1: imply when they say things like that. No,
0: they No, I'm just saying they implied that he he wouldn't be as bad as her. There was there's definitely that sentiment. That's not them being dumb. It's similar to what you're saying. They have Mm -hmm. direct sentiment in the way of of their opinion about her presence as a warmonger and mm-hmm. right. yeah but i wouldn't say i think they're dumb because of that i didn't yeah don't quote me as that
1: oh yeah no <laughs> uh where can they find you man um c r s i i that's at twitter with the at symbol it's your shift 2
0: on most keyboards people yep it's pretty good twitter.com it's got a little bird tweet, uh, tweet. all your all your favorite celebrities are on there you can even read their last tweets when they die Okay, that's morbid. <laughs> uh, inspirational quote: Don't be dead on Twitter. Um, yeah, you can find me at Sea Town Mayor because I'm gonna help out your local but Why did I always fuck up municipality? I don't know why. It's the easiest word when you just say it, but mm. I want to say municipality by the sea. That's probably why. Uh, I should switch it. You gotta call coast- yourself. I gotta go coastal municipality. There you go. Left yeah. coast,
1: bus coast.
0: It's all good. I, I I don't know why I have catchphrases, but Sea uh, Town Mayor. <laughs> uh yeah there's no need for them they're fun though and uh we out man green town uh green town green town sea town f- greenwood it's been a long week guys emerald City. emerald city living it up uh uh we did it man you and me yes peace out take Rose. care guys. and the beauty of it all is when the sun comes shining
1: through